Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to my weekly email newsletter, Friday Focus. Each Friday, I focus on one topic with one action arising. The link to sign up is in the show notes or head over to amyrolinson.com and sign up right now. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by not one guest, but two. I am joined by Kerry Conley and her daughter, Laurel Wilson. Both of you, a huge welcome to Focus on Why. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, we're very excited to be here. And we've been brought together by the wonderful Tanya Stell. So thank you, Tanya. It's incredible to have recommendations. This is what I love about this show is I get invited or I get introduced to one guest and then they bring not one, but two more. So fabulous. Yeah, I love Tanya. She's great for that. So what is it that you're both doing at the moment? Well, we talk about why. We talk to people about why they need to know their why, why they need to have a crystal clear written vision for every area of your of their life. Um, because most people have a very vague, I'm hoping, I'm trying kind of thing going on. And so they don't execute very well. So we teach them how to get it out of their head and onto paper. And you say a written vision, that's much more impactful because... Well, you know, again, like I said, it's uh, just one of those things that if I ask people what their vision is for their life and do they have one, most people say, yeah, I have one. And then if I ask them, you know, if I if I sat down with you and asked you in the seven key areas of your life, if you had some very specific things that you were reaching for with target dates, most people would say, yeah, I don't have that. <laughs> what I have is something that I'm kind of, like I said, hoping that it happens. I'm hoping someday it'll come together. And we all know that usually someday doesn't happen, right? So we get them to write it out very clearly, very detailed. We have a new tool that we've started using, Amy, to help people execute that, uh, not only in writing, but also in a digital platform so that they can they can set some baby steps. Yeah, there's something magical when people actually put pen to paper on it. You know, I think every person naturally has these dreams and these desires in their head or even just visualizations of where they see themselves living or what their life looks like but until they actually put pen to paper it's not as clear and it's always interesting when we walk people through the exercise of actually writing it how much more starts to come out Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like your brain just naturally works with your handwriting it of thinking oh there's there's more details that you haven't even really thought through And it's kind of an emotional thing for a lot of people when it really is put to paper. It's um, it's rock solid right there that it's sitting there for them to see and to actually start putting it into action. Right. And it just highlights how little time people spend on this area of their life. And yet this is what it's all about. Everything. It's the foundation to everything else. So when we speak, we go through um, what I call the top 10 biggies. What are the 10 things that having this crystal clear vision will help fix in your life? And there's several, Amy, and depending on the audience that we're talking to, you know, we'll we'll mold the 10. But some of the top three biggies are, you know, people have a lack of boundaries in their life. 
big, big problem, especially with time and who they spend their, their time with. Uh, they don't have any sort of a game plan in action, specifically if they have a career goal they want to shoot for, or if they're an entrepreneur and they want to run a business, they don't have any metric-based plan in place. Um, and they're not leading themselves. They're not being strong leaders. So, you know, and now more than ever, we need everybody to be strong leaders. So, so those are just a few, but we go through a lot of things that without the foundation of the vision, everything else kind of gets jumbled. Yeah. I've got a feeling why I know Tanya introduced us today. <laughs> is that right? Well, we're talking the same language. This is, this is, this is what it's all about. For me, the focus on why is, is twofold. Clearly there's the, the importance of having purpose in our life, but then also how we then focus on it, how we apply it, how we bring it into all the different areas of our life. And, and this is what I'm finding the people on the podcast who come on, it's great because they have this this idea. They know what they're doing. And this is why I wanted to spread the word from, from you today and with all the other guests to ensure that people see, well, actually, I finally resonate with what they're saying here. And, and sometimes it takes, you know, 10 conversations. Sometimes it takes 100 conversations when you hear these things for you to finally go, oh, I get it now, because we all have these different ways of thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting when Laurel and I started doing this together. I've been doing this unofficially and officially for over 25 years. Um, and then when Laurel joined me um, a few years ago and started doing this, even just she and I doing the the, the exercise we do, um, we do it differently and we reach different audiences. And so, you know, I've had a lot of people in my workshops, Amy, that have done this vision work with other people. But for some reason, the simplicity of what we do it, we see light bulbs go off. I think it narrows down a lot too. And this is something I've been working on with myself of your values that are connected to your why. You know, a lot of people get really spread thin because they are feeling like they are supposed to have, um, you know, equal energy in all the different areas of their life, but they really need to narrow down, you know, with this vision and writing it out of figuring out what do I value the most and is my why connected to those? And then how do I use my energy in those specific areas? And it goes back to the boundaries too, of just being able to release something that you felt like you were supposed to value, but it doesn't match up with your vision. So it's not matching up with your why. And I figured that out myself, even, you know, coaching other people and talking to other people it's this gradual learning curve of seeing, okay, I'm really starting to harness what my values are. So I know that that's where the most energy should start going. And then everything else just naturally falls into place. Because if we're putting energy in 10 different directions, none of those places are getting the most of us, right? Kerry, you said that you unofficially have been teaching this for a long time. Mm -hmm. When did it sort of become official? <laughs> uh, well, it became official about 10 years ago. Um, so my story is that when I was about Laurel's age, around my late 20s, I was working a nine to five job and not fitting that mold very well. So I had an, a mentor enter my life who encouraged me to take some time and get in a quiet space and with a legal pad of paper or a journal, write out what I wanted my life to look like. She was the first person in my life that told me, you can create your life to be whatever you want it to be. You just have to be really clear on what that is. And so I wrote out a lot of things, again, in those seven areas of what was important to me, what I wanted to create, who I wanted to become, what kind of mom I wanted to be, uh, how we were spending our time, uh, what kind of a business maybe that I would want to get into. 
I did not have an idea, but I knew at that point that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and stay home with my kids. So, um, so yeah, I wrote out a lot of things. And what I know happened that day, Amy, is I got so aligned with God, the universe, you know, whatever people want to call it, that I was really hearing what my calling was in my life. And so those things started showing up and I jumped first into the industry of network marketing um, when I was pregnant with Laurel and I had a two-year-old son at home so that I could, you know, run my day the way I wanted to run it and become the person I wanted to become. And so unofficially, I coached a lot of people that I brought into my team on the power of vision and why they needed to have one. And so 10 years ago, when we became empty nesters, I decided to start creating some curriculum and started speaking and doing workshops. And then I brought people into coaching. Um, and then unfortunately in the past seven years, I've lost, we've lost my husband and my son to suicide three years apart. And that's when Laurel had graduated from college and decided to start doing this with me. And now we officially speak and coach together. Wow, so the power of vision and, and that one conversation from your mentor speaking to you and just asking you the question that, you don't even ask yourself, you know, th this is the thing is that you don't even know to answer it, to ask it yourself. And yet, you know, Laurel's now her whole life had that as part of your life. You've had yeah. that as being an intrinsic part of who you are asking that question. So how does it differ from you, Carrie, to sort of having found that in your late 20s and then for you, Laurel, to sort of live that and not known any other way? Hmm. Well, not knowing what was coming for me and for us, um, I believe that that whole training period of the 20-ish years prior to me doing this officially was getting me prepared for this and bringing it alongside with Laurel, getting her prepared so that we would come together and spread this message. So now we are more passionate about people having a vision than ever before because we see so many people struggling with not knowing who they are, not knowing why they matter, uh, drifting through life, especially the past couple of years, what we've been through. So many people are really questioning who they are and why they're doing what they're doing. Laurel's really good about asking the why question. Why are we doing this? What's it for? Yeah. And it's just, it's needed now more than ever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is, this is something that I don't know if you've been asked before, but you're in a, a household where you two have both got very clear minds of who you are and what you're doing. And yet that wasn't the case for your husband, your father your, and your brother and your son. How did that work? What, what, what happened there? Mm. It's always a tricky question mm. to get because, you know, we still are kind of asking that as well. Um, you know, my dad, I grew up with parents that were very similar, but also very different when it came to career purposes, I guess is the best way to put it. You know, I watched my mom doing more of the entrepreneurial venture and coaching people on vision and their why. And my dad was very much more corporate minded and had just a different perspective on that of more of the, I don't want to say stability around it, but it was just, he grew up in a household like that, where that was very common. And so I think, you know, there was a lot of factors to it more so than just you know, knowing your why or anything like that. There's so much to mental health that we still don't understand and will never claim to be experts. But I think it comes down to the piece of they themselves had to, to make the decision and maybe it 
wasn't made enough for them or whatever, but to really sit down and figure out their vision. It's, you know, we can teach people that and coach people and have people close to us, but it's always going to be their own decision of how much they Mm -hmm. choose to dive into that. And that's, what's hard for us is that, you know, we couldn't do that for the people closest to us and the people that we loved. And we have to be okay with that. And it's something I've learned over time, even going through counseling of that, I can't fix people or help them see what they cannot see themselves. So I've learned that because I think there was a a point where I thought, oh, I can tell everybody this and I can help everybody and I can solve all these problems with what I know, but I can't do it for them. So I think we learned that through them. And, you know, there's, like I said, so many questions that won't be answered until Mm -hmm. we're all reunited in heaven, which is what we believe that we'll never fully understand exactly what, what was going on, but now we know that we can share what we know with other people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a tricky question to answer, yeah. I guess. It's <laughs> ironic, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> well, we, we don't have the answers, you know, and, and, and I, and I wasn't expecting you to, it's just, you know, it, it's, it, it's, so I can't imagine what you've had to go through. I really, I really can't. And I've had other people here who have, had experiences such as this and it's it's not a defining moment but it almost is at the same time for you to sort of understand more about yourself right yeah um I became very clear about what I'm supposed to do with this after my brother passed you know when I lost my dad I was only 20 years old I was halfway through college at a very pivotal point in my life in general and then going through my first big tragedy I didn't know how to handle it and I didn't handle it well you know I lost my faith. I lost, um, this desire to be clear about my life. I was just very much in this autopilot mode because I didn't know any other way. And I was just thinking, I'll just finish college. I'll just take the first job I can find that just sounds good. And, you know, whatever I could do to stay in stability, because there was so much instability happening. That's where I stayed. And I didn't see any purpose beyond it. I didn't even tell people how my dad died. I remember lying about it because I didn't want to even dive into the topic of suicide. And then when my brother passed, something in me shifted truly that week. It was like, I'm supposed to do something with this. I don't know what that looks like. And it's going to be a long time before that even happens. But it was this massive shift where I was like, there's no way that we are going through this with no purpose to come from it. But I had to make that decision. And I know my mom did as well, that we're going to see it that way. Because if we don't, we could just, you know, crawl in a hole and mm-hmm. be sad the rest of our lives. Right. Yeah. I think there's power in people telling their stories, even if it's painful and you're still working through it. Um, now more than ever, I think people need to be more transparent. And I start, I'm starting to see that happening, actually, Amy, in some of the recent <clears throat> places that I've spoken, conferences that I've gone to, people are coming to stage and being super vulnerable and it's it's takes a lot of courage to do that. But wow, the power in that is amazing. Um, and you know, even if we can't save the closest people to us, we know uh, so many people that are we are impacting right now, whether we know it or not, because we get enough messages from people saying, "You don't know this, but I've been following you. You inspired me. You're helping me," and that helps Laura and I keep going. Yeah, I, the, the power of stories, and and as you say, the that being transparent and being vulnerable, and being able to to share a story, and without it, it being a case of a cathartic process, albeit that it will be, but also that it is with 
the audience in mind? You know, who are we, who, how are people going to take action from this? What is it they're going to do as a result of hearing our message? And, and your message today is that it's, it's one of stability, but also of uncertainty. You know, we know that they are, it's a paradox in life, isn't it? Right. Yeah. What people thought was stable truly is not, um, you know, like me jumping out of the nine to five sure thing, right? Because this was the late eighties. And I mean, what you did then, you know, is you got the degree, you got the job and you stayed in the job and you worked your way up, which is what my husband did. Um, and people thought I was crazy when I, when I jumped out of that, especially at that point going into the industry of network marketing. Right. Um, truly thought I was nuts, but I saw a vision beyond what they could see. And it wasn't me sitting in a nine to five job for the rest of my life with doing something I hated. I knew there was something more that I needed to do. And I think, again, one of the things in the past couple of years that we've been through with COVID and, and everything shifting so dramatically in our lives is that people now are starting to see what really is stable and what's really not. And really what's stable is you figure out what your why is, what your purpose is, and put a stake in the ground around that and go to work at figuring out what that is and how to execute it. That's why we do what we do. So share with me what people say when, they, when they've spent a day with you. Well, we walk them through a process. So I'll give you just a couple of snippets of what we do is we get people to get out a piece of paper and date it at the top as if it's three years from that day. So we put some dates on things. And then the next question we ask them is, how old will you be on that day? And how old will all the people in your family be? Your kids, your grandkids, grandparents, whatever. Because the two things in life that we know is time and aging are non-negotiable. So we get a target. We get them to zero that someday thing down to, okay, three years out, right? And so what happens and what they start saying to us after they have put a date on it and they start writing what they want their life to look like is that they didn't realize how fast those three years could go. They There were things that they wanted to change in their life, but they didn't know how and where to start. And most especially if we get a group that's really vulnerable with each other, they start sharing where they know they're getting stuck. And we start having some breakthroughs if they will share, you know, really what's what's going on inside their head. So, so it's a lot of excitement mixed with fear. They get super excited about what they want to create. But at the same time, when we ask them, okay, well, how are you feeling about that? If they're honest, most of them will say, I'm, I'm really afraid. I have a lot of doubt. Um, I don't feel like I'm worthy of it. That's a big one, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I don't deserve it. And lastly, I think a lot of people look at their circumstances they're in right now and think this is just not possible with where I'm at right now. A lot of people really get stuck too on the how it's going to happen. Very, very stuck on that. And so one of the things I take people through is to take a look back, reflecting on how things have worked out in their life, even if at the time it didn't seem like it was for the better. Um, so I take them through an exercise called what is versus what if, and I have people put a line down the middle and on one side, they write what if, and then the other side is the what is. This was something I created for myself because I kept thinking if my dad had not died, you know, we'd all be back in Colorado, which is where we'd from. If my dad had not died, 
you know, X, Y, and Z would have happened if, if Cole had not died, my brother, you know, all these things, I was so stuck in my head of that and was so afraid to think about the future, especially when my dad passed, because nothing that I thought was going to happen was happening. And I had to learn how to shift it to the what is pieces of this is what is happening. And this is the good things that came out of it. Mm-hmm. It's very challenging to do when you have massive tragedy happen. And it may take you years to see that. But when you're able to release that and seeing, okay, this all along was God's plan for me. This all along was what was supposed to happen. When you go to sit down the vision for your, you write down the vision for your future, you don't worry so much about how it's going to happen. You can almost transition that feelings to excitement of how that's going to come to fruition. And we say, you know, you write your vision in pen, but your path in pencil. You know, we never would have realized that the whole path that we went through led to this. But the original vision my mom wrote when she was my age just started slowly coming to fruition and clarity over the many years. But as you can imagine, all the circumstances that led to it would have never been things that we would have ever imagined. And you see the the, the cycle continue, don't you? You see people who have that, that sort of self-doubt, that not feeling of not worthy and and over generations, I mean, these things haven't changed. This you can see them just sort of when you when I do a lot of reading. I mean, I I wasn't aware of the personal development when when I was sort of caring for my children when they were younger. That was that whole personal development shelves they were expanding, and I didn't know anything about them. And then I suddenly sort of moved across from what to feed my children to sort of glance across, and there was this whole personal development shelf, and I was like, wow, what happened here? And we are much more self-aware now than we have been but those those cycles of going through the the imposter syndrome and the not being worthy enough and it it just perpetuates unless you stop and you you mentioned something earlier about the autopilot and and just switching off that bit autopilot but it also served you and it and it's something that you know when we're talking about here is like what's serving you when you're having those feelings of not being worthy because something is keeping you in that space right so so what what has been sort of serving you recently in 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 the work that you're doing and and helping you to move forward with this? For me personally, at least, you know, I speak to a lot more young adults. Um, I think it's such a pivotal time in life, as as all are. I mean, every phase of life is pivotal, but especially now, um, young adults they're in this phase of wanting to know clarity and who they are and why they're doing what they're doing, and. I think me being a very vulnerable young adult about what I've gone through and experiencing taking these jobs that were serving me, they weren't serving me at all. I was doing nothing of purpose. And I knew that, and I could physically feel that I was not doing anything Mm. of purpose. And when I share that story, when I talk about how I took this leap of faith to walk away from that, just the conversations I have with other young adults and being able to just support them and talk about going to counseling or whatever they need to do to get out of that space in their life. It's even just those few conversations, even over social media, that it just reminds me that what I'm doing is purposeful, whether it may not be speaking to big audiences every single day, that one person needed me to show up just on Instagram that day. And I have to go back to that in my mind, because of course we want to make a huge impact and, you know, it's what we always desire to do. But sometimes even just that one person is the biggest impact that we're needing to make right then. Right. Mm. And you mentioned earlier about values and the importance of the piece of values. What are your values? 
Yeah. So um, I'll explain to you, I read the book called The Happier Approach. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It talks about the different voices in your head that we have this monger that's kind of our criticizing person that's always hard on us. And then we have the biggest fan. That's the one that's like, oh no, you deserve it. Go blow your money on clothes, whatever. And then your best friend, who's the person that's rationalizing with you. So it walks through how you figure out who your best friend is so that you can get to that place and then get to the end of the book to discover your values. So when I went through it, you know, I wasn't really surprised by mine were, but I did see how there were some things that I needed to let go of that um, my fitness health, my physical health and fitness is a really big value of mine, my faith and my family. But then I started seeing that I thought that I valued financial stability much more than I really do. I think we are um, raised to be that way in our society of, you know, make sure you get the best education that you can get the best jobs that you can secure X, Y, and Z. But when you walk away from that, you're realizing that you're valuing making an impact, maybe more than that financial stability. And I, I saw that at the end of the book that, okay, I keep believing that I desire this financial stability so much. And honestly, it's not one of my top values. And so I am learning to release energy from that. Mm-hmm. And the other pieces that I do value the most are, those are what is going to have my most energy right now. Yeah. Faith is uh, our number one value, if you haven't picked up on that. And it's what's gotten us through everything, mm-hmm. um, which is why I don't think we mentioned this yet, Amy, that in t- 2019, two years after my son passed, Laurel and I co-authored a book called Keep Looking Up. And the purpose of the title and the purpose of the book is to get people to understand a heavenly perspective and how short this time on earth is and why it's so important that you discover or uncover your purpose as soon as you can in life so that you can carry that out here, right? Um, So faith is huge. Family has always been my next core value uh, to the extent that I now (laughs) moved three months ago uh, to where Laurel lives out of state. Uh, so I moved states and um, so I could live close to her and, and we could work together. I can help her uh, with her son when she needs it. It's it's a big, big core value, family. Mm-hmm. I do everything else around that. Uh, and then what I do is my next core value. My purpose, carrying it out every day, who can I impact um, overrides everything else. Maybe then the next fitness and health after that. <laughs> working on it. Yeah. <laughs> I drag her to work out with yeah. me sometimes. <laughs> and I love it like Laurel loves it, yeah. but it's a core value because I need to stay healthy to do the family stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, a little bit of balance. <laughs> so the title, Keep Looking Up, and you, you mentioned it's sort of tipping it towards the, the heavenly perspective. Now, my, I often reflect on my show thinking that Focus on Why is a show about our mortality. You know, it's it, it's about our our short lifespan, um, but it's about legacy, and it's about creating a legacy that I know will potentially could outlive me and and outlive my guests. But those messages are there; they're they're sort of time stamped. They're there because it's it's an important part for us to pass on these messages. What is the legacy that you are looking to to leave, but also to live with as well right now? Well, my biggest legacy is to change the tr- some of the the patterns that have been like you just mentioned earlier, and you when we were talking about the patterns of self doubt and low self worth and all of that. 
That's that's a passed down thing from generation to generation, unfortunately. Um, and I really want to break that pattern because I think it can be broken, but we've got to start at a much earlier age with kids understanding that they do have a purpose, that they do matter, and to figure out what's what their authentic why is. Um, it's going to take a lot of people, an army of people connecting like you and I and Laurel and I are connecting right now to break that pattern. And I, I think there's enough thought leaders, big thought leaders in this world right now that see that need. And I want to align with them um, because I do believe it also um, leads to a lot of the epidemics we're talking about right now, depression, anxiety, suicide, um, a lot of people just not feeling like they understand who they are. And, and that's, that's the legacy I'm working on right now is changing a whole new generation being raised up a whole different way. I love that. Yeah, I think mine definitely piggybacks on that too, but I've been focusing a lot, like my mom mentioned, even with what we're doing of just the intentionality about your life. Um, you know, we, especially now we're in such a world where we can showcase and take pictures and share every part of our world. And that creates this very materialistic mindset and this desire to always have more and to always be doing more and to, you know, have the bigger house and the bigger car and all these things. And, you know, those things are great if you have the right intention behind it, because we're getting so lost in finding our purpose and just taking these you know, career paths or jobs or even, you know, friendships just because it makes us look good, but there's not good intentions behind it. And I see that happening a lot with, you know, young adults. And it goes back to even what they're taught of what they are seeing and what they think their life should look like. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's just a very shallow intention behind it. Right. And then it leads again into that whole mental health piece too, of they're just feeling very lost and, you know, maybe they've been successful or whatever you want to call it, but there's no joy and no desire behind anything mm. that they're doing. Right. Yeah, I, I understand the, the the intentional aspects that you're trying to deliver here because it, it is so easy to be whipped into a frenzy and be taken along a line, and then you don't even notice that you are on again the, the autopilot of the of the world, and that you are following this path of wanting to have more be more do more uh, without even noticing well what is it I actually want what is it actually you know I already have and what do I who do I want to be and uh, going back to something you mentioned earlier Laurel about equal energy in all of the areas and how it's not always possible to have that equal energy but just to be aware of it what do you do to it's the focus it's the the focus element of the focus on why what do you do to sort of be intentional with your energy um one tangible thing especially is time blocking um you know it's even gotten to the point where I just make sure I'm very scheduled when it comes to my fitness that works specifically for me of that it's pretty much the same time every single day so that I know that that will be done in that time frame and it's not going to spill over into the time with my son or into the time with that I should be working being very intentional with that. And, you know, I also even block out an entire day where I put work aside, you know, I call it Friday fun day with my son, but I try to always make sure Fridays are my day with him because that value of family and just that relationship with him is that day. And Sundays too, you know, always being the rest days. We grew up that way though, mm -hmm. that our household was Sunday was our rest day. And it helps that when, you know, life happens and things do shift and they change 
But when you're very intentional with your time and being scheduled that way, you don't feel like you're scattered all over the place or you get to the end of the day and you're like, oh gosh, I should probably do a workout, but I also need to spend time with the family because I haven't talked to them all day. And, you know, it creates that discombobulation when you have no structure in your life to make sure that it is being equally balanced and also giving yourself grace. You know, there's not always weeks where it's perfectly balanced. And if I'm listening to my, my body or feeling like I'm not spending enough time with my son, I always adjust with that as well, but it's always making sure that those values don't get overrun by others that aren't as important. Yeah. How about you? You know, um, I have become very tuned into being intuitive, uh, very much have been learning a lot about trusting my intuition and how that works, especially since my husband died. And then most, especially after my son, um, of trusting my gut and really asking before we do anything, asking, is this the right thing? Is this the right next step for us to be taking? Are we on the right path? Laurel and I have learned a lot about uh, asking for signs. <laughs> really good book that I just finished reading called Signs. Um, this woman is one of those very intuitive type of people, Amy, that um, is teaching people that you do have what she calls a team of light on the other side that are guiding you all the time, but you have to stay tuned into that and be aware of it. So, so anytime Laurel and I are getting ready to do something, we ask for direction. And if it feels right and we get signs of, yep, keep going, that's the direction we go. And if it doesn't align, like Laurel said, if it feels stressful, if it's pushing us out of balance with balancing that time with health and fitness, with your family, with all the things that you want to do, then we set it aside for a while. And that is hard for people to do. Very, very hard for people to do because we live in such a world that rewards people for busyness, right? Uh, it's almost like a badge of honor. The busier we are, the more we feel better about ourselves. And it just is crazy. We just, a lot of times when we end up working with people and coaching them, it's not so much what we're helping them figure out what to do. A lot of the beginning sessions are figuring out what needs to come off your plate right now that doesn't belong. So what is it that you've stopped doing recently that's come off your plate? Well, I personally have shifted how I coach because, um, because of the fact that we want to be speaking more and I want to be traveling more. It's not as easy for me to do as much one-on-one -on -one coaching as I was doing. Uh, so I had to really be more efficient with how I was doing it, which wasn't easy because again, I'd been doing it one way for eight to 10 years and to stop it for a little while so that you could allow the next thing to come through. And that next thing always does, and it's always better. Um, so yeah, I've just really taken inventory on how can I help more people faster and more efficiently so that my life is balanced for myself. And it's also an example for other people to follow. Yeah, I, I had to shift to, you know, when I first started working alongside my mom, it was more so to help her with the back end stuff. It really wasn't so much for me to be speaking alongside her. Um, I was about halfway through my pregnancy with my son and I was in the wedding industry for a long time and I knew I didn't want to keep doing weddings. So I thought, okay, 
I'm just going to do the back end stuff. You know, I'll make sure everything's taken care of with your coaching clients, basically a virtual assistant. And we started to realize about a year later that that was taking up a lot of my time where I needed to be speaking a lot with more with my mom and us sharing our story together. And delegating is not my strong suit, I will tell you. I actually like doing virtual assisting things. I love like the organization and it's just a task checked off the list kind of thing. But I realized that that was not serving my bigger purpose at all. It was really kind of playing small, honestly, staying behind the scenes. And so we released all of that and focused on the two main things for me right now. Um, And it was it was uh, enlightening kind of scary because, you know, when you're working on much bigger things, you don't necessarily have these easy little things to check off your list, but you know that you're working on the much bigger purpose and project as well. Yeah. So we've delegated. I'm actually really good at delegating. Amy, if I don't want to do it, I'll go find somebody else to do it. And I know that's hard again for entrepreneurs to do. They want to wear all the hats and they want to control all the little things. Um, But I've had to coach a lot of people, um, why that does not work long-term. So yeah, I love delegating. There's something we need to have done. We'll look at each other and go, okay, is this our strength? And if it's not, okay, who do we know that's really good at this that we can hire to do it? Right. And you've mentioned two books that you're reading currently, The Happy Approach and Science. Have there been any other books or any other tools that you found incredibly useful in your journey? Um, I'm really big into the Enneagram. I'm not sure if you've ever taken an Enneagram test. I love the Enneagram test. Um, the road back to you. I have dove into that a little bit. I I know my specific type. I had somebody actually help me go through it. So I read a lot more just of my specific number and kind of what that looked like, but it actually helped a lot with, um, my grieving process, oddly enough, Mm -hmm. because I learned much more about my personality and in, um, I'm a three, by the way, which threes are not very emotional human beings. And so I was learning how I needed to go way more into my four side to desire that emotional side kind of thing. Um, So it's a really good book just for people to start understanding themselves and how they react to grief or good things or how they, you know, do certain things and react to certain people. So it's very intriguing to learn about. Yeah. So many books. So Love, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I think next to the Bible, it's probably the, the number one (laughs) book everybody needs to have. Um, And Sharon Lecter has been my mentor and coach for several years, Amy, and she's written over 27 books and she's very involved in the Think and Grow Rich Foundation. So I love everything uh, that Sharon has written. Another good book that I've quoted from a lot, especially when I'm coaching is called The Big Leap. Yeah. Gay Hendricks. Yeah. Yes. Love that book. Um, Yeah. There's so, so many right? I've got so many in my library on Audible and I kind of bounce around to all of them, just depending on what I feel like I need to hear that day. I love that. So I have got so much out of this episode together. I've taken the, the importance of intuition, of vision, of being intentional, of staying on purpose, of showing courage, of understanding how to be efficient and to demonstrate your values, to know where you're directing your energy, uh, how to to delegate, really important. But knowing how to keep looking up and to read the signs and follow the happier approach and comes right down to trusting that intuitive element that you have within you. Have I missed anything? Is there anything else that you'd like to add to that? 
most people, what we're talking about right now, Amy can't even take in what we're talking about because they already have a wall of disbelief that any of this is possible um, because of what they've been told, what they've learned, what they've been modeled, what they've gone through in their life. And I know this to be true because I was one of those people that I would hear all these great speakers talk about, you can change your circumstance just by changing your thoughts. And so I just had to finally go, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna plant the seed of, let me just even start believing this stuff. Just crack a little window of just saying, I'm willing to start trying to believe this, that this can work for me. And that little crack led me to being able to hear the message more and then want to absorb it more. And it changed everything for me. I love that. That's amazing. So how will people get in contact with you both, Kerry, Laurel? I'm sure you're on social media. Share with us where to reach out to you. Yeah, Instagram is best for both of us. Um, I don't know if you'll add any like show notes or anything, but um, I'm just Laurel A. Wilson on Instagram and she's Carrie Conley on Instagram. Carrie.conley. Yeah, Carrie.conley. Instagram is definitely the best way. We do have her website. Um, We're working on creating one together. You know, we've noticed social media is definitely the way that people still connect, but we do have CarrieConley.com as her website. And there's a little thing that pops up of saying, you can connect with us here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fabulous. Well, yes, of course, they're all going in the show notes. So if people are out and about right now, don't worry. You'll be able to just find the links in the show notes. So that's no problem. Kerry, Laurel, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing why you do what you do on Focus on Why. It really has been incredible hearing your story and empowering, really empowering. And I know that people want to take action. Do you have some final words for the audience? Yeah. One thing that I always mention is that it always comes down to your choice and perspective. And we have to come back to this every single day that we still choose to share and do what we're doing, regardless if it's, you know, a heavy grief day, no matter how many years are going to pass, you know, it's still going to be hard for us to talk about our story and sometimes even realize that this is our story, but it's always that choice for us. And we have to choose how we see it and how we're going to go about it. And it's just like anything in life to come, you know, I've talked a lot about last year of how we had to continue to shift our perspective of everything that kept happening. And this is just life. And it's how the world is that things are going to be hard, but it's up to you of how you react to the situations that are happening in your world. Mm -hmm. You know, the big thing again for us, Amy, is just faith. We just want to, we want people to have more faith in knowing that this is a very temporary time here on earth and that what we are doing is um, being guided for a purpose and that what we're really reaching toward is that eternity, right? And I don't know how anybody gets through anything on a daily basis, let alone something really tragic without having faith in something that's bigger, higher, and more eternal than what we see around us every day right now. So I really, we really want people to to understand the faith piece is everything. Thank you for listening to Focus on Why with me, Amy Rowlandson. To show your appreciation and to help other listeners understand what value you have received from tuning in today, please leave me an Apple podcast five-star review. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the inspiring, uplifting and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, 
Have a plan. Focus on why. <laughs>